Welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat, Extinct Edition. These are the episodes where we talk about, you guessed it, extinct animals. The Earth has had so many amazing creatures on it, it felt unfair to only talk about the ones that are with us right now. We'll talk about ancient dinosaurs, all the way up to things as recent as the black rhino. We hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat Extinct Edition. I'm Jack. I'm Julia. I'm Colton. Colton, what are we talking about today? Today we are going to be talking about the Titanoboa. So Titanoboa, um, which directly translates to Titanic Boa, mm. which literally means powerful snake. <laughs> so you will understand why as we get mm. into that, but their name literally means powerful snake. Obviously we can't speak to things like coloring and pattern, uh, we can make assumptions based on environment and based on boas and anacondas that we have today. Our best guess is they were probably like that tar- kind of dark green, blackish color uh, because they lived in a tropical, swampish area. So we can assume that's the kind of coloring they were. Uh, then as for size, you, you will understand why they, they are called the Titanoboa because the average, what we assume is the average length of a Titanoboa was 42 feet. To give you some perspective, the anaconda, the largest snake in the world right now, the average size is 21 feet. The Titanoboa was twice that size. Not only did it, was it that long, it's also estimated that it weighed over 2,500 pounds. That's one and a quarter tons. This snake was massive. And just talking about, you know, we know they're massive. Just talking about how wide they are, um, to put it in perspective, the uh, the tubes at the playground, you know, that you crawl through, the big plastic tubes, pretty staticky, that's about the width of the Titanoboa. You could probably crawl through it with ease, and it could get as girthy as four feet wide. As far as where the fossil records of the Titanoboa was found, I believe it was in 2009, the Yara, Colombia, is on South America. The fossils actually dated back to around 58 to 60 million years ago. And that time period, it would have been the contemporary of large crocodilians and large turtles. Those would have been about the the other reptiles in the area and when it lived that it would have been contemporaries with. So as Colton said, they were found in 2009 in Colombia. Where they found them was in a mine shaft, actually. And they found about 28 different fossils, uh, when I say different fossils, 28 different individuals, um, and the, the reason they were able to determine that 42 feet was about the average is because almost all of the individuals were about that size. So it wasn't like they found one that like, this was like a uh, outlier. It's, this was the average. This is about how big they were. And we, we can extrapolate that based on s- snakes we have today. Uh, we know if a vertebrae for a snake is is X big, we know how big the snake is going to be. And every, almost every snake, every every species of snake, so for example, every anaconda is going to have the same amount of vertebrae. We know that for a fact. So we can base it off of, okay, if one vertebrate is this big and we know where in the spine this vertebrate fell, we have an idea of how big the entire snake actually was. And just jumping on that, the biggest fossil that they found estimated feet was a little bit over 60 feet long. 
is the largest they found. So, you know, average 42 feet up to 60 feet and even more possibly, we don't know a lot about this animal yet because it is such a recent discovery. So it, those 42 feet uh, foot snakes, they could have been the smallest ones of the species and we have no idea yet. And just talking about the uh, environment that they lived in, uh, like most snakes, boas, uh, they like to live in tropical forests and swamp regions. Um, and we assume it was in South America that they like to live in. Um, and like we said earlier, they thrived here with the larger crocodilian and turtle species. And because of its size, we assume that it was mainly water that it lived in. Uh, we see that with anacondas. Anacondas really spend the majority of their lives in the water. Because of how massive they are, it, they have to expend a lot of energy crawling on land. And they're not as quick and maneuverable on land. So we assume the Titanobo was probably a similar thing where it spent most of its life in the water uh, because of its size. As far as the diet of the Titanoboa, they were actually at Piscivorous, meaning their main diet consisted of largely just fish. And as far as we know, that's a trait unique to the Titanoboa among all other boas. One reason we think that they were a pisci- mainly Piscivorous was because of their jaws and teeth. So snakes we know today, they usually don't have a ton of teeth. Um, most because what they try to do is just basically swallow things whole. So you don't need a lot of teeth. Usually it's just to get a grip or to inject venom. But the Titanoboa actually had a full set of teeth and they were all pretty sharp. So because of that, we assume that they had to do some tearing. They had to be eating things. So like compare that to like the, the teeth and jaws of like a shark where they have a lot of sharp teeth because they need to do a lot of tearing. So with fish, uh, with the fish that were in the area at the time, we assume that's why the, the Titanobar had such uh, sharp teeth and that many teeth is that was the food that they were eating. They weren't swallowing things whole. And just speaking about their actual jaws, it was estimated they could open them up to six feet wide. So a human, you know, an average adult human could probably stand in the jaws when it is fully opened. And then although they are extremely large, it is estimated that its bite force was only 400 PSI. And when you compare it to like the modern day anaconda is 900 PSI. Um, So, you know, not a lot of grip strength just because, you know, that fish, all they have to do is bite it and tear it apart. They don't need to clamp down on it super hard. So one interesting thing that has come out with the discovery of the Titanoboa is it gives scientists an idea of the temperature of the earth at the time of the Titanoboa because a snake like that could only get so big if the earth was so warm. Uh, Because snakes are ectothermic, they do not produce their own heat. They need warmth from external sources. Uh, Their environment would have to be pretty warm. So apparently before the Titanoboa, we assumed these tropical areas uh, were typically around the area of like 80 degrees Fahrenheit, around that. Uh, Stayed like that pretty uh, year-round. And we knew the Earth at that time period was a warmer Earth than we know today. Uh, But with the Titanoboa, we think that the Earth could have been even warmer than that, or at least the area the Titanoboa lived could be at least 90 degrees Fahrenheit, at at the very least, because of how big the Titanoboa got. Now, there's a lot of uh, contention with that point, a lot of people arguing back and forth. I don't know the details of it. I know I'm not not that kind of scientist. I don't know exactly. Uh, But one of the interesting things that I saw was one scientist proposed the idea of, based on one of the models used, 
uh, that some lizards that live in the tropical areas today could theoretically grow as big as 30 feet, which is not the case. We don't have any uh, lizards growing 30 feet, um, at least not in tropical areas. Um, so that was very interesting that those kind of questions and theories get posed. And we estimate that the main reason for um, this species extinction was due to a drop in the climate that just interrupted its metabolic process so much that the snake couldn't handle the cold anymore. And so after this happened, the larger species started to die off while the smaller species started to thrive. An interesting fact about Titanobo is actually, it's theorized that it could have gone up to 50 miles an hour when traveling in water. To put that in perspective, that's about how fast you would be driving down a standard country road in the U.S., so imagine driving in your car going down the road and seeing a giant snake about the same size as your vehicle going alongside you at the same speed. Horrifying. <laughs> and then another couple of fun facts that I have is that it was theorized that the Titanoboa sometimes climbed trees and disguised itself as large branches um, in order to hide itself or hunt or, you know, just soak in the sun rays. Um, but just, you know, thinking about looking up in a tree and one of the big branches is a 45-foot-long snake, not the best thought in the world. And then another fun fact is that it is estimated that their skin was so thick that it was pretty much bulletproof. That's all we got on the Titanoboa. Uh, we hope you enjoy. I, f- we, I feel like it is very fitting for the month of October with our theme of spooky animals going on. You know, a snake is pretty spooky. And then we're going to talk, we talked about, you know, the largest snake to ever live. Uh, be sure to tune in next month for our next extinct episode where we talk about the thylacine or better known as the Tasmanian tiger. As always, be sure to follow us on social media, which are all listed in the description below. I'd also like to thank my friend, the musical artist known as Shades, for creating this amazing intro and outro for this podcast. I highly recommend checking out his other work.